is Jetstream Jack, and you're listening to the most preem podcast there is, the SWN Podcast. I mean, where else are you going to find out who your favorite wrestlers dinosaurs are? Only here. Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I've got an amazing edition for you today. I can already feel it. It's not even been recorded yet, but I can already feel it's going to be amazing. Uh, I am joined by... <clears throat> right, let's do this. I'm nervous now because there's so many. Uh, we're joined by Emily Two Belts, uh, the UCW Women's Champion, two-time W3L Women's Champion. I'm joined by the best, the beautiful, the only advice speech, podcast speech, wrestle beach, uh, tweet speech, uh, Toasty's best uh, BFF and ADM's bestie for life, Emily Hayden. Uh, oh, and the, the creator of Emily's Army. Welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Did I miss any? Well, I, I don't think you <laughs> Uh, oh, and, and uh, one half of the Wrestle Pals. There we go. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Kurt would have killed me if I forgot that one. I know, and, and I mixed <laughs> out uh, one half of, of Pixel Bitches as well. So I'm, I've got there. I almost got there. Anyway, we'll speak about all that later. But I first off... <laughs> I said you got it all. Like, that was awesome. Like Sometimes I forget half of them as well, you know? I'll, again, I'll probably end up going through here going, ah, oh, Network Beach. We've got Network Beach in there as well. I don't know if that's a, a new one you're adding in the future. Anyway, right, boring question out of the way, and then we'll have, have some fun, uh, hopefully. How did you get into pro wrestling? Well, uh, just pretty standard answer. Uh, I, I grew up watching it with my dad and my brother. Uh, I was a bit of a tomboy growing up, if you couldn't guess. Uh, and um, so from about the, the age of four onwards was when I started watching it. And uh, yeah, so you can thank my my dad and my brother for getting me into wrestling. And uh, who who was the first ones, first wrestlers that caught your eye? So the first wrestlers that caught my eye, uh, well, I've I've talked about this time and time again. Chris Jericho, uh, in particular, his debut on WWE with The Rock when he was having the back and forth, and that sucked me into like watching it because of the entertainment value and I was like wow look at these two guys like listen to what they're saying back and forth uh another one I would need to say is Edge love Edge I cried when he came back at the Rumble <laughs> and um I cried when he won the Rumble as well <gasps> so happy Such and uh, another one of course I always need to mention Eddie Guerrero I love Eddie, and uh, in terms of like females, of course, Lita, Trish Stratus, your, your standards, uh, Victoria, Ivory, China. Uh, I could keep going on, on, on and on and on, but you know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure you heard my, my very embarrassing running with Lita uh, on Ella's podcast, a wrestling gal. Um, 
Flea is yeah, absolutely one of my favourites. All the Hardys, the Hardys seem to pop up. Team Extreme, Extreme in general. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's just because we're quite similar aged, but everyone round about my age, a couple of years either or, um, it seems to be the Hardys and Lita and all that. It's the 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 cool ones, pretty much kind of thing. And then you get your Stone Cold's yeah. rocks. Hundred percent. Um, hundred percent. Because like um. I remember when I first saw Lita and it was the, the first time she'd done a, a moonsault off the top rope and that's when I was like, oh my god, girls do this too? Because at, at this point all I'd seen is men, so I was like, there's a girl and she's doing a cool flip and, and then that was kind of when I cemented it into my head about, okay, I want to be a wrestler now because it was one of those things, as soon as I saw Lita do it, I was like, I need to do that too. It's almost seamless into the next uh kind of standard wrestling interview question. So what made you decide to go from watching Lita do the cool flips to going, right, I'm going to find a way to do it myself. Where did, where did you start? Oh my goodness. Um, the first thing I always say is that I used to think growing up, because you know what it was like, because um, like you said, we've grew up around about the similar time. Um, all you would see is like WWE and Sky One. So I thought, or you need to go to America if you want to be a wrestler. Had no idea about the, the British background and whatnot. And then I went to college back in 2012 and I was studying computing. And uh, one of the guys in my class, uh, he, he actually said, we were talking about the, the SummerSlam pay-per-view of that year. And uh, one of the guys in the class overheard me and he said, oh, do, you actually want to train to be a wrestler uh and that way I'm kind of I just looking at him like yeah why <laughs> what, what's going on here and then he said to me there's a training school uh at the the Avery Leisure Centre if you'd be interested and that way I did not believe him at first I thought he was ribbing me because I'm a girl that likes wrestling so I was giving it no way that's not a thing so then we went back into the computing class. He showed me it all on the computer, like photos from shows and, and, and such, like the, the famous David Wilson's photos. And um, yeah, so he's, uh, I took his word for it. I said, awesome. Uh, give me the name of the school. Give me the name of the, the trainer. And literally a week later, uh, I attended my first day at the um, at the Age of Legends. I forgot what it was called there because they've moved <laughs> My goodness, but yeah, I went to the Adrenaline Centre and I did my first day with PJ Edge. So before you even started training then, you weren't that aware of, of wrestling in the UK or, or even Scotland in general? You hadn't been to any tribute shows or anything like that beforehand? No, I'd never been to anything like that before, but I know. I, like, I always hear about uh, the fake Undertaker and all that, and I'm like, why didn't I see this? This sounds amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I got, I've said it in previous podcasts, I got the fake mankind is what I got. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a fat lad in a shirt and uh, joggers and a sock on his hand. That was pretty much what I got. But uh, it's the first It's the first time my dad took me to a show and he took me to it and afterwards he went, well, we're not doing that again because it was so bad. It was I was 11. And he didn't take me to a show again until I was like 16. And that was only because it was my birthday. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, no, nah, they're going again. It was just so bad. Uh, thankfully, we're in a better age for wrestling. I mean, it wavered a little bit last year, of course, and there's no shows. Uh, but 
yeah. in general, the talent core is better. We're not seeing fake mankinds. Although I think that should be the first show when when everything comes back and open, just do a tribute show to kick off everything. Great fun. Oh, I would love that. I would totally, I would totally dress up as like I don't know Sting or something, like just something <laughs> that you actually do, like makeup. <laughs> oh, which which one would you pick, Sting? What? Yeah, the hair, black hair, all done already. So sorry. Would you go uh, like TNA Sting with the T-shirt, or would you go for full full uh, Scorpion everywhere kind of Sting? Oh no, I think I would need to go full Scorpion. I would need to commit to it, you know, because like Sting's another one that I grew up watching. Uh, I remember when I saw him uh, and he had the face paint and that because I'd just seen the movie The Crow when I was like eight, like. I've, shouldn't have been allowed to but uh, and I remember just thinking that this guy was the crow so anytime I saw him on TV but it's the crow it's the crow it's weird but my first introduction but yeah, to I Sting commit, feel scorpion gimmick. yeah my first proper introduction to Sting because I was a I was a WWF guy because I, I, I never knew WWE was the only outlet I had for it was Thunder so was it Thunder Worldwide sorry mm -hmm. Worldwide on Channel 5 so I wouldn't see much of all the big names because it's worldwide. You'd see, I know, Morris, Glacier, all, the, all those kind of dudes. Filthy animals. Remember the filthy animals, though. And uh, so, yeah, Sting for me is TNA. That's how I remember Sting as. So uh, probably not peak Sting, but still. I, I love Joker Sting for, for anyone that's watching and listening yeah. to this. Oh, amazing. Um, right, okay, so you started... What were your first thoughts then? Because you've gone in thinking, right, this, this probably isn't real. This guy's giving me details. I'm going to try this. What were your first? Do you have a sports background beforehand? Were you quite ready for the the cardio involved, or just what was your first thoughts on that first day? Billy, first of all, I have no sports background. Uh, I was the girl that would stay home and play video games. That was me. I was a little weird though. So no, absolutely no sports background whatsoever. So my first day at, at training was so daunting. Like I walked in and uh, there was like all these guys. I was the only girl there. Like Kenny Williams was, was still training when, when I when I walked in my first day. Because uh, Krieger hadn't started at this point yet. He, like, he started not long after me. But yeah, so... Uh, so I looked around and I remember just doing this and going, oh, I'm the only girl here. Here we go. And I was so shy. I was so, I was so scared to like, even say anything. And then, because uh, we were training a ring, like it was all mats. I was like, where's the ring? And uh, and then, of course, uh, that was when like TJ said to me, the ring's seen as a privilege. Uh, when, when you're in that chance to, to train by attending shows and helping and whatnot, you'll get the chance to, to go in the ring then and train. I was like, cool. Uh, and then we done the warm-up and I nearly died. And then I done my first bump and I nearly died. <laughs> yeah, but well, I'm, I was kind of, I'm the same as you growing up then. I, I preferred video games and definitely not downloading anything illegal off LimeWire. That was pretty much my my standard weekend uh, of, of stuff. No sport. I played football. I didn't play football well, but I think it was just a way to get out of the house once a, once a week, even though it encroached because the football training was on Fridays at six 
but and then it lasted up half five to to wherever. Uh, but but worldwide started at seven, so I needed to be home by seven. So I think the only cardio I got was running from the football park to my house uh, to make sure I'd, I'd be there for worldwide to see the. the I, I don't even remember what happened to the show. I just remember the big uh, Batman kablams and splats and it was amazing. <laughs> Um, right, this is a WCW podcast, so I keep go back to there. <laughs> right, so so uh, for according to Cage Match, which is uh, 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 sometimes they get it wrong. Uh, your debut was two thousand and fourteen. Yes, that is correct. Well, one, one up for the Germans. Um, so what was it like going into your first match? Then um, it was. Did I write down? I did write down. It was debut. You were tagging with Stevie Xavier against Casey and Switch, is what I've got. Ah, see, that was my my full debut on one of the shows, like my main my main debut. Uh, my first ever match was on the old training shows for like friends and family, and uh, I I tagged with JD Bravo against Lucy. And switch, uh, and that was my first ever match, and that was scary. I had a panic attack before I, I went out, so that's fun. <laughs> so, so you say you're a shy kid, uh, or shy kid? God, I made myself sound old there. Um, you're, you're shy. So, what was it like going out in front of a crowd and trying to get them involved? I mean, friends and family, I suppose, is a little bit easier than people you familiar faces. But what was it like going to that first first match? Well, honestly, I felt it was like 10 times worse because it's people that actually know you. So it's like you, you need to stand there in spandex with people that know you, you know, being like, oh, look at her, like rolling about with, <laughs> rolling about with these other people. But uh, yeah, it, it was quite scary, especially because my, my dad came to my debut. So I feel like extra pressure was on me because I was like, this is the, the man that that got me into wrestling growing up, like, I need to look good, like, but, no, my debut was terrible, absolutely terrible, like, I blanked at one point and forgot, like, one of the bits that was supposed to happen, uh, and me and Lucy were looking at each other, like, oh, like, tears and headlights, so, <laughs> and then, uh, Lucy burst her nose, like, off my head, and it was, oh, it was, oh, it was terrible, like, I cringe, like, looking back on it now. But the reason I tell the story is just so that anyone who ever listens or watches or anything, uh, so that they know, like, it does get better. You will get better. There is no harm in having a wrong uh, a debut go wrong. These things happen. Absolutely. I mean, Dave, your first match is, you're hoping it's going to be your worst one because then it just gets better from that point. Yeah. That's, that's the theory behind it anyway. Uh, the theory. We're not all Ronda Rousey and going to go out and have the the best match ever in their first go. It just that just doesn't happen. Um, I wish I was Ronda Rousey though, but uh, you know, real life uh, unfortunately sucks. So, <laughs> um, so, so uh, well, working with in the ring with Switch, Switch is a character that, um, of course, he moved away a couple of years back, but um, he was one of my odd odd favorites now you get your your boys ones that weren't aren't like big names but you're like i want to keep an eye on that guy uh switch is one of those just it's it, i hate clowns so i was just watching it it creeped me out but i was enthralled at the same time watching it um definitely one of those those characters that's that uh 
we missed. So, with, with all, that was your debut match then. Complete disaster. Uh, your first actual main show match in front of uh, a crowd that don't know you uh, was that tag match we mentioned uh, with uh, Casey and yep. Switch and uh, Stevie Xavier. Um, so, again, so is that better or is that easier for you that you're in front of a bit more, like, blank faces than people you know? Honestly, I felt a lot better going into that match because I had like, experienced people like, like Switch and Casey and Stevie uh, looking after me, making sure I knew what I was doing. Uh, Casey, I cannot speak highly enough of her. Uh, I remember, uh, I think she could see I was nervous and she said, do you want to go into the ring and just go over a couple of things? And I was like, yeah, sure. So... We, we we got changed and then we went in the ring and she was any questions I had she was answering them any any bits that I wanted to go over she was going over and over and over again until it was, it was drilled into my brain same with Stevie uh, Stevie could tell I, I was really nervous but the uh, same with Switch like honestly uh, I've got fond memories when I look back in that match because they all looked after me we, we had fun uh, they gave me really good feedback as well, which I've, I've carried on with me into later matches. And honestly, I would actually love to, to tag with Stevie again because it was that much fun. And I would love to go against Casey again at some point, especially with the, the level that she's at now compared to, to back then because uh, she's this whole other level now. And I, I really think that with my new experience on top of, of that since back then like we could really mix it up and, and do something exciting so yeah honestly I felt like that that main roster debut went so much better than my actual debut but anything's better than that actual debut my goodness honestly <laughs> um, so I mean I was going through your again I'm blaming the Germans for this I'm going through cage matches <laughs> to do most of my match research um, but the, to see the names that you have been in the ring with it's uh, it's it's not bad. It's, it's pretty good. We, we've got Casey, of course, you mentioned, Stevie Xavier. Uh, we've got Kaylee Ray, uh, Aisha Raymond, of course, one of uh, one of your closer friends, and uh, Noam Dar uh, also. So um, it must be like kind of just a bit mind-blowing that you, you've gone from being really shy and, and just going, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this, to, to being in the ring with these now big names. They're, they're on... The network, WWE Network, NXT UK. Uh, is there any match that for you stands out uh, that you've, you've enjoyed particularly the most? Well, we'll speak about your fierce female stuff in a bit also, <laughs> but uh, is there any match out there that, that, that people should try and check out? Oh, there, there's a, a few that I could rhyme off. Uh, first of all, just going back to like the, the names that you've mentioned. Uh, I've, I've been so grateful to be in the ring with the, the likes of Kaylee and Stevie and Aisha and Noam. Like uh, like you say, it was pretty surreal uh, going from the shy person to being able to go through matches with the likes of these big names, it's especially with how talented they are. Like they're scarily talented. Uh, in particular, I've got two matches that, that stick out for me. Uh, the one people should check out and two because they, they hold like a special place in my heart. So the first one I'm going to have to say is the 
show that I did at the Airdrie Town Hall, because that's my hometown, and it was the triple threat match that I did against Kayleigh Ray and Angel Hayes. So that match was so special for me for so many reasons. First of all, uh, because it was in my hometown, my, my friends and my family got to see me, especially uh, with the more experience I had at that point as well. And, and then just for the fact as well that, of course, I was in with Kayleigh, I was in with Angel, look how talented the pair of them are. Uh, and then that's three generations from the school, you know, that's three generations. So Kayleigh was the first one, I was the second one, and then Angel's carrying the torch now. So it's special to me for that reason. And I remember I got lots of really positive feedback for that match and uh, a few of the, the boys backstage were saying uh, how I've really improved with my, my ring work and whatnot. And that meant the world to me because I always feel confident in terms of my character and, and, and promo work and, and, and whatnot, what I'm doing. But I, I was always very hesitant when it came to my ring work. Uh, so yeah, that meant the world to me. And then the second match I need to name um, my sis, Aisha Raymond. It was a full tilt wrestling uh, back in February of last year. And uh, I've, I've wrestled Aisha many, many times. I'm sure it says on cage match, like many, many times. And But that one was special to me because um, before the world ended, uh, Aisha and myself, we uh, we were going to Respect Pro Wrestling, and we were we were doing like private sessions in there, uh, and the likes of DCT and Bobby Roberts and whatnot. They were actually helping us uh, to improve our in-ring work and uh, helping me come up with a new move set because I I really wanted to elevate because I feel like I'm at that point now where my ring work should really spot on like that's the thing that I really need to work at um and I wanted to show people this whole other side to me I didn't want it to just be oh she's a character and that's it so I spent a lot of time at respect with Aisha practicing for this match and then as soon as we went to full tilt and did the match everyone was saying is that's the best match we've ever seen you do uh, we have to get you and Aisha back again to do a match similar like that uh, and we were just getting a lot of praise for it. And because I know how hard myself and Aisha worked to make that match look good and to show that we can we can step up another level, that's one of the reasons why that one means so much to me. And because she's my sis, so. Um, in the last couple of years, though, you've, you've really went from, with uh, embracing your character work as well, to, to your in-ring in work. It's just been, like... Incredible. Uh, I mean, the last, well, first time I saw you wrestle live was uh, at one of the Elgin shows, uh, W3L Wrestling Showdown, uh, where we actually had a very, very brief interview uh, when I was, when I had a, a little recorder and just terrified because I'd never spoken to wrestlers for a prolonged period and tried to sound professional. And now I'm, what, uh, 30 interviews in here, 40 interviews in uh, to this this ridiculous podcast um but yeah it was, it was great you were against debbie sharp and it had a, a moment where <laughs> i think debbie had taken in how was it pro protein powder or something and i think it ended up <laughs> slapping out of her hand and it just went everywhere 
Like it was the same show Dean Ford cracked his skull open. It was a very, it was a very hectic show. <laughs> for, for oh that my goodness, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was um, on the show before, because this is when we were doing the Northern tour, and I believe it was at the show on the Saturday night that we did. Someone called Debbie Fat, and like she and I were just affronted by it because one, don't body shame. Not just women, just don't body shame anyone in general. Don't body shame wrestlers. We already, we already like wrestling's already a vanity sport, so don't do that. Like we already look at ourselves under a microscope enough as it is. Uh, so as a joke, because uh, Debbie and I were going to a shop and we saw, um, I think, what was it like? Because. <laughs> Debbie came up with an idea to see if she could get like a, a tub of slim fast. <laughs> and we went into the shop and we're like, okay, let's see if we can find a tub of slim fast or like a drink of slim fast or something. And we couldn't. So we got, I think it was like hot chocolate or something like that, because it was powdery. And we took the label off it. And then she put a label around it that said slim fast. <laughs> I remember that when you were speaking about it. I remember it was just, yeah, just written slim fast. <laughs> slim fast on it. And I thought that was the greatest thing ever. So, yeah, uh, it, it was slim fast quotation marks that, that went all over the place. And that was how it came about. Someone called Debbie Fat and we weren't happy about it. So we thought, Let's get a top of slim fast. Don't get slim fast in the north. We don't need it. We've got too many mountains, too many hills to climb. <laughs> Although I could probably, I probably need it myself to be honest. But uh, ah, uh, life's too short to to not eat cake. So I'm gonna just keep doing it. Uh, so yeah, so that was the first time I'd actually uh, saw you wrestle. Met yourself. Uh, I said very briefly because if anyone goes onto our YouTube, they'll find uh, two versions of this interview. There's the one without the Tormentor and one with the Tormentor uh, on it. And I'll be honest, listen to the one without the Tormentor because I don't know what he said. And I just I just nodded and went, yeah, yep. We all do that most of the time as well when it comes to the Tormentor. We just, aha, uh -huh. yeah, cool. I'm. I'm just. I'm dreading the day that eventually we get a, a round table with the Tormentor, uh, Jamie Jones, Roderick Jones, and uh, and uh, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one somewhere. I can't remember his name. But just, just together. <laughs> that name floats quite a lot. <laughs> don't don't besmirch the name of the Bulgarian baker. <laughs> oh, listen, I've got plenty of time for the Bulgarian baker. Like he, he's one of my favourite people. <laughs> It's the baker. I actually come to think of it because uh, a very a, a very similar sounding person tried to offer my brother a donut last time. WVL were up here, and uh, he I was that. he was nay having it. And for those that are watching this or unaware, my brother's got autism and, and learned disabled, so we have no idea what he's going to react to if this happens. It's just every year, it's been my birthday, so I've gotten the birthday bread, and that's how he, he fixated on it. And so I, I contacted them and went like. It's my brother's birthday that week. Can you give him a bit of bread or something? And uh, you just sniffed it and went, no, nah, not having it. Put it down <laughs> and left it. Oh, it was just, it was so cringeworthy and so funny at the same time. Um, so 
you've travelled a bit then. Uh, so we went through, you started in Airdrie. I did did those shows. Um, W3L, you were there quite early on as well. Um, so is, is there any, I'm going to sound like Scottish Wrestling Discussion are doing interviews at the moment and ask this question, I'm stealing it from them. Any great, any road stories, any road stories from your travels uh, that you, you're willing to share that can legally be shared? Here we go. I've got quite a few. Uh, let's see, this is when I go like off of my head, like which ones can I tell and which ones can't I? Uh, <laughs> um, in particular, I always end up with really funny road stories when uh, Benny in particular, Big Benny and Bobby Roberts are involved. Um, I think Benny's told practically everyone this story and I would be doing him an injustice if I didn't tell you this one as well. So Benny and I were coming back from uh, training at Respect and <laughs> and um, basically when he died, uh, he took the wrong lane on the motorway. So there was a truck on coming towards us uh, and Benny started freaking out. I started laughing so hard of him freaking out. Like I was hysterically laughing. I had tears streaming down my cheeks. He started screaming at the van who obviously couldn't hear us going, please don't judge me too harshly for this. And then the car stalled again and he shouted, not like this. <laughs> and then he, he managed to get the car to work. And we got, like, as we turned away, he started shouting, we have to go back, like quoting lost. <laughs> and and then in a panic and just say, he pulled up at a Tesco nearby and he bought himself Krispy Kreme donuts to cheer himself up. And that, my friends, is the story of how Benny almost killed me. Um, I've written down near-death car journey with Big Benny on my notes, so I could score that one off. Um, <laughs> if it makes Benny feel any better, I had an absolute nightmare in Aberdeen. I hate driving in Aberdeen, and, I, and it's a shame because WrestleZone are there, and, I, and that's where I go. And uh, to calm myself down, I went to the local Smiths and looked at all the, the Funko Pops to calm myself down. Didn't buy any, but, you know, it was still, I was like, oh, they look nice. Anyway, right, other stories. Bobby Roberts, I'm sure, has got a few. My goodness, I've got a few with Bobby. Um, one, it was, I think the, the first time we all went down together to uh, Full Tilt Wrestling, this is when I was wrestling Chantal Jordan on it. Uh, so that was my debut match and it was myself, Bobby, uh, Kiss and Benny. And I think this is how Unity, this was how Unity started. Um, and uh, we were in the car and we're driving and Bobby always makes like a wee playlist for us like in the car when we're going and there's one song in particular it'll always put on for us uh, and it's it's an Adam Sandler song it's called At A Medium Pace listen if you've not listened to the song listen to it it's hilarious but we are all singing this song full pelt uh, and like tears streaming down our faces as we sing it uh, and the night before, because like sometimes if we've got a show, we, we all just stay at Bobby's. Uh, like Bobby and, and, and his wife are like fantastic that way. They always look after us. And um, so the night before, we were all camped out in the living room. It was like a big sleepover party. And uh, Benny, Chris, Bobby, um, Ruby Roberts was there as well. She came over to hang out for a little bit. 
and we were all watching just silly stuff on on YouTube, and we were watching clips from the Dave Chappelle show, and it was the the one where he, he impersonates Prince and uh, Rick James, and that's that's how Unity started because of because of that Rick James episode. So we were just voting all sorts, like we were in the car giving it, give it to me, baby, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, shouting was uh, what was it? Charlie Murphy. We were shouting that as well, uh, and we actually worked it in our matches at one point. We would just randomly shout Charlie Murphy. Uh, <laughs> so I've got many amazing stories with Bobby. Um, I'm trying to think. So I've got another one. Uh, one I remember as well that involves uh, Dean Ford is anytime that I go to S.H.I.E.L.D. with him. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Pro Wrestling. Dean, I'm sure he's talked about it. He loves the Backstreet Boys. He he, he loves his cheesy pop. So anytime me and him are in the car together going uh, a road journey, the cheesy pop comes on. He he and I are, are giving it our best Backstreet Boys life. Uh, so yeah, I had to give that a little mention to it. There's so many, but... Like, uh, those are the ones that really stuck out for me in particular. I the Dean Ford episode of ours just went out. I can't. I don't think I spoke to him about that. I, I'm really disappointed because me and Grant McIver had a very long chat about terrible, terrible music that we both loved, including Backstreet Boys, Steps, Westlife. We had a very extended yeah. discussion about Westlife. Um, that's yeah. I love that kind of uh, crap pop. Give me crap pop any day. Hundred um, percent. To, to the point, I, don't, I mean, it's not really pop, but uh, one of my favourite songs that I've decided to annoy my wife with forever is uh, Jimmy Nail's Take No Doubt. <laughs> she had never heard this song before, and now I will not let her not hear the song whenever I can. So if, if she says anything, I'll just go, she's lying. And she goes, ah, no, and other expletives that follow because oh, it's, it's an amazing song. Terrible, but amazing. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so Unity was another thing I had noted on here. We're cracking through these notes easily. Uh, so, score that one out. Um, so, yeah, Shield Wrestling, you, you've done some stuff in, in England as well, including uh, becoming UCW Women's Champion. Uh, again, anyone's listened to this before, we will be jumping back and forth the timeline. So, we'll go down there first. Uh, so, what, 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 uh, what were you? What's your experience like down in uh, in UCW? And of course, you became champion, so all good. But uh, how did you get involved with them? Uh, I got involved through UCW when they were first starting out. I love the boys there. I love Darren. I love Ryan. They're they're they're, they're promoters. They they are wonderful people. Uh, the amount of laughs I always have whenever I see them. Uh, they've always been good to me. Uh, I believe I started, I, I did my first ever match with them back in like 2016. Uh, it was round about the time that they, they were just getting in and whatnot. And Lucy Cole was the first ever women's champion. And, um, and, uh, it, it kind of I just carried on from there. It was, it was um, I, I believe it was. I hadn't wrestled for um, in a while after that, and then come back at one point. 
and I got to work Gia, uh, Gia Adams. She is a smashing girl. I, I love her. And the the difference in her from that first time I've wrestled her, by the way, to like the recent time that I've, I've wrestled her is unreal. Like seriously, people need to keep their eyes on this girl. She is fantastic, but I digress. Uh, so I worked with Gia a couple of times, like when she was uh, the women's champion. And then I believe it was Bobby, because he runs Respect Pro Wrestling. Um, Bobby had like a working relationship with UCW, so it was like they wanted to do a trading talent sort of a show. So it was on one of the UCW shows, they had a couple of us from Respect on it. And then Bobby at Respect did a Scotland versus England show. So we, uh, a couple of the UCW lads came and, and, and did that for us. And um, that was actually where I, I won the, the Women's Championships. I actually won it in Scottish grounds. Uh, even though it's an English belt, so I was quite I was quite proud of that one. Um, but uh, I am very fortunate where I don't even know how to put it into words exactly. I'm I'm just grateful that they they decided that they wanted me to be champion after after Gia and. Honestly, I can't sing their praises enough. Like They've been so good to me. Um, Gia, I've got a lot of time for that girl. I keep talking about her, but I love her so much. And yeah, um, it was a very surreal moment when I won that bell. I actually cried as soon as uh, the bell went and they announced me as the new UCW Women's Champion. I cried uh, because it was just one of those things. It was, it was a goal of mine. Uh, to get one belt so the fact that at this point I I had two it, it was such a lovely overwhelming experience and at that point as well I got to say I'm a Scottish women's champion and an English women's champion so um yeah honestly I'm 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 so grateful to them and I, I love them so much and I've got plenty of time for them. That was actually my thought I was trying when you were speaking about getting the belt and that was like was that your first or second? So the first one would have been the W3L uh, Women's Championship. Um, was it, I know it was Jayla Dark you, you beat for the second reign. Was it, the, was it her you beat for the first one as well? Yeah. So she's uh, one half of yeah, the other half Yeah, yeah. It actually came like, my resume. Your WrestleMania, which I'm sure she appreciates. <laughs> called her, called her. Oh, she loves it. She loves it. Like, uh, we'll randomly message each other, and sometimes our messages will start with me saying "ma." Sometimes it'll be her going "win." So, <laughs> uh, but the, your second reign was, of course, uh, it was Jayla's last Scottish match, if I remember rightly, yeah. and it was yeah. it was a, a street fight or no hold barred or some yep. description. And uh, it was think, a, street <laughs> yeah, a street fight that didn't go on the streets because uh, I, I, I watched it because it's on YouTube. And uh, again, it was one of those matches where I saw you way back in, in the Elgin shows. And then I got to see your character work over YouTube. And then I got to see this this intense, like, bad baddie because you were the good guy when I saw you in, in Elgin. And now you're <laughs> this... this uh, this badass with a kendo stick and and uh, battering uh, Jill Dark, who I mean, batters most folk 
when she was wrestling. Um, so what was it like finishing or well, having her last Scottish date uh, and obviously lifting the WTL Women's Championship for the second time? Was there a lot of emotions in that match? There was a lot of emotions in that match. Uh, just to go back to like the the first time that I won the belt, um, I, I always call, like in my, my personal life, I always call this the infamous 2018 because this is just when everything in my personal life was going horrible. This is when my anxiety was at an all-time high, my depression was at an all-time high. Uh, so I put on weight, which if anyone looks back at old photos of me, you can see like, I, I think I put on like two or three stone and then you look at me then, you look at me now or you look at me like when I just debuted, it's like a totally different person. So um, when I first won that, uh, the WFL women's belt that time, um, I didn't I didn't cry, I didn't get emotional. Um, I, I was kind of a, too much in my head about it the first time that I won and I distinctly remember like, uh, I got my feet back off the jailer and then I kind of I went off and, and, and got myself changed and that. And in my head, I was just going, you you, you don't deserve this right now. Like, you, you need to prove to everyone why you deserve to be WTL Women's Champion. Um, you, you are going to take 2019 by storm. You are going to look like a champion. You are going to act like a champion. And... Honestly, I have to say, like, that's a very special belt to me, not just because it was my first, but because that it was that moment when I won the belt the first time that I remember thinking, I need to get my act together. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it helped motivate me. So then you flash forward to when Jayla and myself did the, the street fight. Again, that was special to me for so many reasons. In particular, like you said, it was Jayla's last Scottish match. And it meant the world to me that she decided, because uh, she could have been anywhere, she could have wrestled whoever, but she chose to make her last Scottish match with me for the W3L Women's Championship. And in particular, in her wheelhouse, a street fight. Um, so I got my ma taking me through my first ever street fight, which was scary, but it was like the most fun I've ever had. I would love to do another one. Uh, even though she battered me with a lightsaber and uh, a candlestick and steel chairs and whatnot, I would do that again in a heartbeat. And the best introduction in the world, I got battered by my mum in a wrestling ring, you know. <laughs> so I look back on the, the, the footage, funnily enough, uh, from time to time. And the I still get emotional when I watch it myself because I remember the emotions going through my head. As soon as that bell went and they, they gave me the, the belt and and they said, I know W3L Women's Champion, Emily Hayden. It hit me, first of all, oh my God, I'm a two-time W3L Women's Champion. Uh, I'm carrying on the legacy of the, the likes of Sarah, uh, of Leah Owens, of Viper, of Nikki Storm, like all these amazing names, and I get to carry on the legacy just like them, and of course Jayla. Um, and then, like this other wave of emotion hit me because I looked across the ring and there was Jayla, and she gave me she gave me like the the proudest smile ever. And I just took one look at her and I started crying. You can see me in the footage. I start crying. And 
we just looked at each other and I chucked the belt to the side and I gave her a big hug and she was whispering in my ear at that point as well, I'm so proud of you, you have came such a long way and that made me cry even more. <laughs> so when I got backstage that time and I got changed and I was holding the belt for the second time, I remember going, you did it, Emily, you, you, you did everything that you said that you were going to do. Then you lost the weight. You have put in the effort in the ring. Uh, you, you've done everything that you said that you wanted to do. And it made it even more special for that because I got to share that with Jayla Dark. I mean, for me, it's definitely a passing of the torch kind of moment because from that point onwards, I mean, Jayla was, was, was one of those that um, she would she'd be everywhere kind of thing. And now... <laughs> Since then, you've kind of filled that void where uh, if there's going to be a women's match in a show, it's most likely it's going to be Emily Hayden battering someone <laughs> in, in that match. Um, so so from that, we'll speak about Fierce Females then, because we can't not speak about Fierce Females, because uh, it's kind of where um, I think the, the internet masses are, and everyone else kind of got to see your character side properly uh, yeah. explode and, and just work at its full uh, it's just full madness. Uh, so it all started, what I've got here is your, is your rivalry with uh, Sammy Jo. Yes, she she is another very special lady in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> it, it escalated to the point where you ended up in an I do match. Uh, <laughs> which for those that are unaware... It is, it's, it's the equivalent of an I quit match. However, the only weapons that are allowed are uh, wedding presents. <laughs> so, yeah, that, there's no more explanation yeah. needed. <laughs> so, oh, and instead of saying I quit, you had to say I do as well. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically an I quit match. What were your thoughts going into that match? And what was your input in that, in that story? into that conclusion of the I do match? So, um, <laughs> it, it's quite funny to like kind of go behind the curtain with us now, because obviously everyone knows uh, Emily, Toasty, she's fired for fierce females, she's got a vendetta against fierce females, like everyone knows that. And um, I have to say, myself and Sammy Joe, we got a lot of input when, when it came to our rivalry, because it was, um, I got an impromptu debut through Fierce Females because I, ca I can't remember for the life of me the, the the talent that couldn't make it but Fierce Females put up a post just being like if there's any uh, wrestlers in, in Scotland that are available that day if you can, if you can email so uh, I emailed over and I got the debut and because I I think I did like one or two matches with Sammy Joe before that. So they thought, oh, let's put you in with someone that you're, you're familiar with. I thought, great. Uh, me and Sammy Joe ended up having that much of an intense match. People wanted to see it again. They wanted to see it again. They wanted to see it again. <laughs> and, um, and we actually got to build a story towards it. So um, it was just amazing for me. The... It, it became like the final match was an I do match and it all started because uh, I made a joke because I believe it was the Fierce Females Dark show 
the night before that was a social where Matt Daly proposed to Sammy Joe. So I made the joke, of course, and I got down on one knee and I said, Sammy Joe, you marry me. And then I got up and I was like, just kidding. Who would want to marry an ugly cow like you? <laughs> and that's how the I do match came about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but Fierce Females were fantastic with us in the creative process, like throughout the entire feud, but in particular with the I do match, because uh, we would say to them, can we do this for a promo? And they'd be like, yeah, cool. And we're like, great. And they'd be like, we have this weapon in the match and they'll be like, yeah, okay. And and then be like, like, we need to take it one step further. Can we do this? And they're like, yeah. So they're just letting us do whatever. And it's one of the most intensely comedic matches ever. Um that was the birth of Toasty. Uh because Sammy Joe and myself were going like back and forth with ideas and it came up the conversation. Uh, what's the most common wedding present? A toaster. So that was how toasty came about. Uh, and and then it just kind of escalated from there. Like, um, I literally, like, toasty only came into a promo because my friend used to help me film my promos uh, before Jayla's husband would, would do my promos for me. And um, my, my friend, she wasn't feeling very well that day. She got fibromyalgia, so she was... She was feeling horrible and I thought I'm going to make her laugh so she went to the, the bathroom and when she came back I was sitting in bed with the toaster beside me cuddling it and she couldn't stop laughing and I was like right film it film it like if it's getting that reaction off of you like just put it up and see what everyone else says and that and that's how toasty came about all because I just wanted to make my pal laugh and all because me and Sammy Joe thought it'd be funny to have a toaster on the match. Uh, I just want to, to correct you for a bit. You said that Emily Hayden's got a vendetta against fierce females. Um, I think according to, to Twitter, I think it's our way around, uh, that for some reason oh, they, they refused yeah. to bring you back, uh, which which has spawned hashtag Emily's army uh, to, to take over uh, the crowd at uh, fierce females events, uh, including, well, I mean, you made your return as well, which was uh, disgracefully... Uh, struck from the record you were escorted out of the building when you answered an open challenge uh, as well. So uh, your your work with First Females is, is less physical but more just it's an amazing and not to not to break not to like break the world of wrestling too much, but it's an amazing marketing tool. It's 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 just incredible because you got you who's I think you're the one you're the one that's plugged your own interview the most of all my guests so far so you're very media savvy uh, social media savvy and also you're very charismatic so you do the videos and all at the same time fierce females is getting the the uh, the advertising for it it's just it's just incredible to look out from the outside as a as a non uh, wrestling fan i suppose just as a as a marketing kind of thing that's boring let's speak about wrestling again uh right so from there Thank, honestly, thank you so much for saying that. I try so hard when it comes to, to social media. Uh, like, uh, I see it as uh, a privilege like for, for the likes of yourself to, to ask me to come on to your show. So I'm like, well, the least I can do is plug your show. Uh, the least I can do 
for like a few females that will let me on their sh- let me on their shows uh i'll plug their shows like it's it's the least i can do because i'm just grateful for the opportunities you know i honestly i think i think i nabbed all the questions that i could find I, I did have to do quite a extensive social media search to find where you put them <laughs> so i think i got them uh but yeah it's I think a lot of people forget that. I mean, if, if, you're, not, if you're not advertising the show that you're going to be on, the people don't know that you're going to be on the show. I mean, Fierce Females, of course, notwithstanding, because you're technically not going to be on the show. But uh, it's, it's the case of, it's, it's the least you can do is, is plug it. Um, but that also spawned not just the Sammy Joe, not just Toasty, which if I, if I remember my lore, my Toasty lore, it was a gift from uh, Simon Casty and Sean McLaughlin. Yes, it was uh, when I pulled the toaster out the bag and it was revealed it was toasty. Uh, I turned around to Sean and I said, you shouldn't have Sean. Uh, and Sean looked at me like I was talking daft, but I know it was from him. And uh, all I heard from in the corner was Simon Casty going, it's from the both of us. <laughs> so yeah, he, he was a gift from, from Sean McLaughlin and Simon Casty. So you can thank them for, for Toasty being in your lives and making it all warm and toasty. I, I, like, to, oh, I, I like to imagine that they, they both went round uh, Curry's the night before and just, just picked out especially for you. Uh, so Toasty became a character in, its, in itself. I don't know how to, to, to gender Toasty, so we'll do with them. Uh, how to, yeah, so... Toasty then became this big character and Amy Alonzi ended up uh, having him, having them at, at some point. Um, again, your input, input in the I Do match, you had quite a lot of it. When Toasty blew up in the in the media world and on Twitter and what have you, it was, it was just all ideas from that point for you going, right, how can we get Toasty everywhere? Um, yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, promoters will actually ask me sometimes, are you bringing Toasty? And uh, I'll, I'll pull it out. Like, you know, he comes with a fee, right? Like, he, he doesn't do his bookings for free. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, literally, see, anytime yourself or any of Emily's army have seen Toasty, it is me going in my head, how can I make this funny? How can I make the fans laugh? How else can I escalate the fact that I'm friends with a toaster? How else can we escalate this? And I've always been like welcoming of ideas and whatnot. It was, um, I believe it was uh, Amy Alonzi herself uh, and Aspen Faith, they came up with the idea of putting the unicorn horn on Toasty at a Liverpool show. Uh, so that was kind of how it escalated from there because just the banter between me, me and Amy on, on Twitter and the feuds just escalated from that. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that came about accidentally, literally again, just because of a case of what would be funny to do with Toasty? What will make people laugh? And that's that. Of course, and that, that spawned uh, Toasty getting uh, a plaster because... Yep. They headbutted uh, Aisha Raymond by accident, of course. Yep. Um, but no, that that whole like fierce female stuff is just incredible. The the first like promo that sticks into my mind was was you trying to get down to Liverpool and trying to figure out how to um, get a train uh, using the 
pool machine thing and oh man it's honestly you're, you're the videos that yourself and and uh, the man formerly known as sean walker has have made are just amazing and if anyone needs to go check them out they, they definitely should but yourself with toasty there's one video i can't remember what toasty was watching but it's when you walked into your living room and toasty was watching i don't know i want to say something involving butter or toast and you just slowly backed out he was watching a toaster pop out some toast. Uh, he, he was being a little naughty toaster and watching things that he shouldn't have. So uh, that was my fault. I should have knocked first just to make sure he was uh, decent, you know. But uh, a lesson is learned now. Uh, I, I, I give the door a knock before I come into the room and ask him if he's decent, you know. So that was my fault. Uh, so from that, I don't know how we're going to top Toasty Chat, but... Um, during lockdown, so before lockdown uh, happened in about a year ago, when this goes out, this will go out in, yeah, literally a year ago since stuff started, uh, March 12th is due to go out. Um, you did a, a chat with uh, Kurt Johansson, who of course we will speak about uh, in, in depth a little bit as well. And uh, you spoke about your journey with mental health and, and uh, stuff going on in wrestling. Then the world ended and yeah. the chat came out. And then the wrestling world imploded. So it's, it's it's been a weird time. But you yep. seem to go on the offensive for just getting your name out there. So you started uh, the Advice Beach on W3L's YouTube channel and on your own. Um, so again, was this just something that that just you found funny, you wanted to do? What were your thoughts behind uh, starting the Advice Beach? So... The idea came about because I think around about this time, W3L had already brought out uh, the, the gaming stuff with Kev. So he, he would do like his top five games and whatnot, I believe. And, um, and then Mike Musso, he was doing, uh, I think this was his workout videos that he was doing at this point in time, because I know he does another series about uh, mixing cocktails. Um, so... There was like a lot of W3L content that was coming out at this point in time and Mike contacted me and uh, he asked like, oh, would you want to do any content for W3L? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, let me just try and think of something. And then me and Mike were kind of just going back and forth with conversations and uh, the topic of, remember like the old WWF magazines and they would have like the the articles and you could actually ask Shawn Michaels and Sensational Sherry for advice and, and things like that and I, th I think there's one in particular and it's uh, Shawn Michaels and Alundra Blaze and they're kind of just answering advice uh, so that came up and uh, I, said, uh, so I said to Mike can I give people awful advice and he said, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> so he go ahead and, um, and uh, yeah. So Ask Advice Beach was literally, uh, that was a joint effort between myself and Mike, like coming up with uh, the idea. And, and then the rest of it was just hilarity on my part. Like um, uh, I would think like, oh, what would be funny to answer? Uh, and then, 
Um, I would ask my friends as well. Like I, I would ask like Benny, uh, Bobby, DCT. Uh, I asked like Rosie Knight. Um, I asked my friend that used to film the, the promos as well. I asked Jayla. I asked the 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 wrestler formerly known as Sean Walker. I just asked them all sorts of like, oh, what kind of a questions uh, <laughs> do you want to see me answer badly? And they they would they would give me their questions. And a lot of the the answers that we come up with, I have to say, like I was inspired by like, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and The Simpsons with like the idea of all these terrible answers. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, that's where a lot of the inspiration behind the answers came from. Just I watched a lot of TV during lockdown, you know. Uh, I still am. So yeah, that literally just came about because. Of, I thought that would be funny. And that moved on to, to the penultimate episode, which was the big uh, bullying and mental health one. Um, so this, this was around about the time where stuff is happening in the wrestling world that was just uh, not good, but we're, we're keeping this positive and light. But yeah, it was, it was rubbish time. And uh, your particular video, I mean, I, I made the excuse that I needed to put up the rest of your episodes because I wanted that one on my site that badly. Uh, just for people to see it. Um, so again, what was your what was your inspirations behind doing the the bullying and mental health episode of Ask Advice Beach? Wow. Um, so I, I wanted to while I had that platform for Ask Advice Beach, I thought, like, right, I've got a lot of eyes on this now. Uh, with obviously the, the comedy and the, the hilarity that I was doing in the episodes before, and I thought, well, I'm called advice speech like I should actually really touch on this subject while it's raw and unfortunately it, it, it was the, the passing of Hannah Kimura that, that, that really brought it on and it was uh, that resonated with me a lot her passing uh, because it, it was uh, bullying cyber bullying uh, Clearly, the, the the girl was was struggling, uh, mental health and whatnot. And I thought this is something that really needs to be touched on. Like in particular, like I don't think people, uh, not just fans, just people in general. I don't think they quite realise that wrestlers, like as much as we appear to be superheroes when we're in the ring and we're doing this and that, um, at the end of the day, we're human. And I think people forget that, like, because we do these crazy things in the ring. And I just really wanted to talk about mental health because it's such a, a taboo subject, I feel. It's like, it's great that people are talking about it more and more now, but I feel like it needs to be talking, like, everyone needs to talk about it that much more, especially within the wrestling community. Because I don't, again, I don't think people realise that it's like, everyone's entitled to have an opinion, but there, there's a fine line between an opinion and bullying, uh, like I was bullied from a very young age, from primary school right up until high school, uh, and my my confidence was shattered because of that. That's that's where the shyness came from. Uh, I, I, to this day, I suffer from anxiety and depression, which I've, I've touched on before, and I, I personally think that it. it <laughs> I personally felt 
um, like that story, as I said before, resonated with me because it just reminded me of the struggles that I had. It reminded me of the struggles that I, I do still have. Um, going back to the time when I put on weight, obviously, again, the infamous 2018 when I was struggling personally. Professionally with wrestling, great. Personally, horrible. But um, around about that time, I was called fat off a couple of fans a few times and when I was wrestling in the ring uh, they would shout you're fat you're a fat kid like very very condescending things like that and um I I've, I've talked about it as well I struggled from an eating disorder before I started wrestling and uh I always say it anytime I bring it up wrestling saved my life if it wasn't for me discovering that I could go and do wrestling um, I wouldn't have gotten the strength to to get my health back in, in check and actually go about the right way of losing weight and, and and so on and so forth. So when I did the bullying and mental health video, it was coming from a raw place uh, from my own experiences. And I just wanted to highlight that this can happen to anyone. It does not matter if if you, you're not involved in wrestling, if you are involved in wrestling, it happens to everyone and it is something that we should talk about and it is something that we should encourage people to do better and be kind about. So, yeah, um, just while I had the platform, I thought now is the best time to do it and that was how the, the video came about. And it featured a lot of uh, your friends and obviously other wrestlers as well um, speaking about it. But yeah, on that subject... I mean, the, the defence from those kind of idiots will always be, uh, oh, free speech. But there's a line between free speech, but you're not free of consequence. So you can say whatever you yeah. want, but if someone punches you in the face for saying it, well, that's the consequence for it. So it's it's. I've been to many shows where I'm not I'm not a very vocal fan. I don't like shouting. I just like to enjoy. It. I like watching. I like to escape, and I'm not like I'll clap. That's about as far as I'll go. But I've seen shows where, where fans are just fans in the loosest possible sense of the word. Um, yeah. Just absolutely give out about, especially women. Um, it's mm -hmm. like you got a free pass to shout whatever you want to them. And it's just, it's it's just gross to go to, yeah. to see. And I mean, I think the only acceptable chant that I find, which I'm, I'm personally offended by, but not enough, is, is a baldy chant. Baldy's allowed. That's fine. <laughs> but if you're going to start going for, for uh, like, fat or, or anything like that, it's just, there's no place for it nowadays. Um, yeah. And it's not it's not PC gone mad or a PC culture. It's just, there's just no need for it. It's just simple as yeah. that. 100%. Uh, like, uh, like, like I said, like, um, for all they knew, like, I could have still had my eating disorder back then when they were, they were calling me fat. So, like, for all they knew, like, I, I could be going, like, back home and starving myself after that, you know? Um, thank, th thankfully, I, I, like, I didn't. Like I said, um, if it wasn't for wrestling, I wouldn't have overcame that struggle. But, but yeah, like, um, I don't mind, like, the, like you say, the silly name calling and stuff. Like, I don't mind seeing the, the, like, you get the kids and they go, you're ugly and that. Don't mind that. I don't really care. I know I'm stunning, you know? Like, I'm Wrestle Beach, like, so. <laughs> but just when it comes to, to, to body shaming, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. It's also, it's, it's 
I think there's a statute of, of age as well. If it's a, a child, it's still not right. But if a child went fat, you're like, it's a child. Yeah. That's stuff they'll grow out of. If it's a, a 18-year-old with their first beer uh, shouting it loudly, uh, which unfortunately I have seen, which, God. Um, it's Yeah, there's, there's also contextual. It's in the context of the thing as well. If it's a child, they'll learn that. A, a scowl out, out of you or a, or a, a wee threat to batter them that'll probably stop it quite quickly but yeah idiots uh, that like their first beer and they've got a wicked and they're going to go uh go shout <laughs> fat at people it's just oh, it's like, wicked. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why that subject suddenly just ground just it just ground my gears a lot and i've just kind of went into a bit of a rant about it but well i said we're keeping it light we're keeping it positive uh but uh, so before before all that, though, like I say, you, you spoke to Kurt Johansson, of course, uh, a friend of our show. We've interviewed him for our Untitled uh, series, and uh, the term Wrestle Pals was born. So <laughs> how did you get involved? How did you get in touch with Kurt? Did Kurt get in touch with you? And, and how did that come about? So I, well, Kurt got in contact with me, and it was through, again, my sis, Aisha Raymond. Because uh, Kurt did an interview with Aisha and, and she brought me up at one point. So um, I believe because she she brought me up, uh, Kurt tagged me in the, the tweet, like uh, plugging the, the interview. So I gave it a listen and um, I, was, I was retweeting it, singing their praises and whatnot. And then next thing you know, uh, my uh, I get a DM from from Kurt on on Twitter, and I'm like, uh, stalker match? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> like, um, so so Kurt contacted me, and he was just like, hey, would you be interested in doing an interview as well? Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, would love to. Uh, like, if Aisha's more than happy to do an interview with you, then then you must be cool, you know. <laughs> like, um, so we did the interview. And uh, just before it, we were kind of a chatting in general, uh, and then, and then from then until we actually recorded, uh, like the chemistry was just off the charts for for Kurt and myself. It was like it it it, it was the banter was flowing. We were getting a laugh. We we're having a lot of fun, uh, and we, we we bonded over a lot of. Uh, interests that we both had. We, we're both a big fan of horror movies, we're both a big fan of comic books, video games, uh, TV shows, pop culture and uh, it, it escalated from there and um, the the term wrestle pal came about because obviously I met him through wrestling so uh, we were just caught, we would always refer to each other jokingly like, ah it's my wrestle pal, it's my wrestle pal uh, and then it was Kurt that actually came up with the idea why don't we do a podcast like uh, I feel like people would enjoy that and I was like listen I had a great time talking to you but I've got no interest in talking, no I'm kidding uh, <laughs> I was like, of course, like, I had a great time talking to you, and it was so much fun just talking about whatever, uh, and then I was like, oh, imagine the madness that we could get on with, like, just talking about random things, so we're actually going to record the, the first episode soon, and uh, because obviously, Car, uh, his, his daughter was, was born, so that kind of put a hole on when we were actually going to 
start so because uh, he's a new daddy and all that now oh, and uh, you know like time with, with your yeah especially a cute little baby like like his daughter and um yeah uh so we're gonna record soon and we're actually talking about uh one of the episodes that we want to do is about marvel and another one we're going to talk about is horror movies and you can best believe we're going to be talking about video games at some point too so i am so excited about this i've actually started watching wandavision now uh so it is so good like literally before we started talking i just i started like the first episode and i was like this is amazing so like after we're done i'm literally going to binge watch the rest so oh yeah you have to um, yeah, well, I, he, tell, he told me about the, the Marvel one, and I, I was trying not so subtly going, I want in on that one, because <laughs> if it's the movies, the comics, I, I dip in and out of the comics, so I'm not very well versed in that, but given the movies, I mean, I've got a, a bloody Mjolnir behind me, uh, it's, yeah, I'm all over the MC. oh, that was a Christmas present for my folks this year, I, this, I don't know, the best present ever. I don't know. Yeah, that up behind you, and I was also eyeing up your Super Mario block. Oh yeah, I was eyeing that up as well. <laughs> it lights up as well. It's great. I love that. I'm quite the nerd. <laughs> you be well. I've got a, a Mario block tattoo as well. Oh, so. that is awesome. So, another uh, uh, half Legend of Zelda tattoo up on his on his shoulder. So. So I've never played Zelda. I mean, I had it. I had a NES for a brief period, and I've never played played any of the games. Right, we'll get we'll get video games in a sec. We'll finish well, off the the Kurt Johansson stuff. Well, Ellie, it was <laughs> nice talking to you. I'll see you later. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I just I, I don't. I was always a right. Hang on, Kurt Johansson stuff. You also do a D and Dub, which is your Dungeon and Dragons. Uh, easy for me to say. Uh, pod with yourself, Kurt, and I wrote down Ian Skinner. Yeah, that's right. That is correct. That is Good. correct. I don't think he would forgive me if I didn't mention that he was part of it as well. Um, no, he would not forgive you. He would hold that as a grudge, and he he would proclaim, "How dare you!" And uh, I'm sure he would get an Borat quote in there somewhere as well. <laughs> I'll probably give me a row in our first episode because I didn't. I said my wife without putting it in a Borat tone. It's very with the memes. I just downloaded TikTok like a month ago, and I'm still very confused about things. So I, that stuff. I don't just... have TikTok. I can't understand it. But I will go and watch on YouTube like the TikTok compilation videos, just because I think they're hilarious. But you, you'll never catch me like using TikTok. Like I, I don't even have a Snapchat because, anymore because I don't know how to work it. I, I only literally got a Snapchat so that I could do the filters. So. <laughs> oh, I didn't understand Snapchat. I kept re-downloading it, and my wife was like, "Oh, I'll send you, I'll send you Snapchats." And gone that way. I'll send you Snapchats. And I'm like, "Why? Just text me it." Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm for. like. I'm like, "Why couldn't you just like text me or WhatsApp me?" You We've know, both got iPhones. It's free. Just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, t- TikTok. It really is just because I would spend the evening. I'd play. Uh, Obviously, a grown-up game like Lego, and mm-hmm. and uh, she would sit in the corner and just flick through a million more videos. So I had to see what this is about, and I mean, I just I'm just there for the dog videos, really. There's lots <laughs> of dog videos, so 
the best way. Um, right, so video games then. We'll be as well do video games because we're, we're, we're dancing around that subject. And um, <laughs> if you want to know about more about anyone listening, want to know about more about, God, there's words everywhere. Uh, Dean Dub, uh, listen to our Untitled podcast with Kurt Johansson. He'll explain it all. And it could save me looking confused twice in a podcast because I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons either. Um, I'll give a quick synopsis. Go for it. It is literally myself, Kurt, and Ian Skinner, and we are chatting all things Dungeons and, and Dragons. Because my my other half, he he plays Dungeons and Dragons. He he was in it uh, first, and uh, they were a player down back in November. Because I've only been playing from November, uh, and he kept asking me like, please, 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 so we can actually get a game this week. Because uh, otherwise, if they didn't have enough players, we'd have uh, been able to do it. So I was like, okay. And I have been hooked ever since. I think it is the best thing ever. I am getting so invested in it already. And uh, and then Kurt found out that I, I played. And then uh, Kurt at this point had already interviewed Ian. Uh, and then it was like the three of us all found out that we played Dungeons and Dragons. We're like, this is great. And I knew Kurt had been wanting to do the, the podcast for a while, uh, Dungeons and Dub. And uh, yeah, so that came about because we all like Dungeons and Dragons. This will be a fun podcast with the three of us. Let's go. And that's the quick synopsis. <laughs> cool. I, I find that when I'm speaking to everyone that I've spoken to so far, two things always seems to crop up, which I should really should do some research on because I know nothing about either. It's anime and Dungeons and Dragons. That I love anime be... as well, if that helps. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... I've said before, I watched One Punch Man, I watched three episodes, I got the gist of it, I thought, well, this is this is the whole show now, I don't need to see the rest of it. I got it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, yeah, I don't I don't know why. I, you think it would, because I'm all into that kind of, like, cartoons and all that kind of stuff, but no, I'm, I haven't found the one for me. I think that's probably the best way to put it, because I know that, that it's, it's all different. It's a, a very wide, yeah, strange world on me, oh, much yeah, like wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, it, there's so many different genres of, of anime. Like, um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a series with you, Billy, right? And we'll call it, like, instead of say yes to the dress, it'll be like, say yes to the anime. Say I to the anime, there we go. <laughs> anime. Uh, okay, yeah. I, you know what, if Kurt's wanting to add anything else to his slate at the moment, I'll, I'll easily watch some anime and report back going, I didn't understand a thing that happened in this. <laughs> that's a great idea I'm writing that down actually Kurt if you're watching there's an idea for you uh, right <laughs> so yeah you, you do uh, Pixel Bitches with uh, your WrestleMania Jayla Dark you also do uh, Twitch Beach with Hearty Bro over on yep. the Twitch uh, aptly named Twitch um, what made you decide to start doing the, the Twitch stuff so I have been wanting to do uh not just Twitch, like gaming content in general on, on YouTube and whatnot for a very long time. And it was just, to be perfectly honest, um, this is right around about the time that my bookings started to pick up a lot. So I was practically wrestling every weekend, which is amazing. But in between that uh, and my, my, my real life job, you know, like my, my shoot job, and then uh, the... the the gym and, and training and all sorts like just life got in the way so I never really got a chance to sit down and film content and then of course the world ended so I had nothing better to do <laughs> no honestly I, um, 
I wanted to to keep myself busy and motivated and keep the the creativeness like flowing. So I thought, I love video games. Now's the perfect time to actually start up my video game content. And uh, because I don't know how many times I work in like video game references or I'll like be doing an interview like this and I'll talk about video games and I was like, why don't I actually do some video game content? And uh, <laughs> the first ever stream that I did, it was like a 19 hour gameplay of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, all because Hearty Bro was determined that we were going to sit and do it in the one go. And you can actually see from that stream, like if you sat and you watched it consistently, you can see me like this on the couch, like falling asleep, <laughs> like trying to keep myself like motivated. And I'm like, I can do it, I can do it. But unfortunately, we couldn't. We, we tapped out about like two o'clock in the afternoon the next day. <laughs> I, I did what well, I did catch up some of it because I, I tried Twitch for a little bit. Um, unfortunately, I made all these great Scottish wrestling characters because that's just what I did during my first during the first lockdown. Um, and then half of them got cancelled. So I was like, no, nah, this isn't fun anymore because all the ones that took so long to make can't use them and so well I made yourself of course yes. uh, which was which took ages I don't think anyone will, will know how long it took because because <laughs> all your promo pictures and this isn't a, it's not a slate at all you're always smiling <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most difficult thing to do a face thing on, on WW2K20 anything's difficult on 2K20 but trying to get a face mapping yeah. over someone smiling it's just so difficult. Uh, to ages to I, to I had to watch your video with uh, when you did the the posters from outside Jill Dark's window. Oh, yeah. I had to watch that so many times just just to get a, a screen grab. So if if you if you noticed at some point that the, your views on that video went through the roof, it was me trying to get a screen grab of you looking at the screen without smiling. That explains so much. That explains why that skyrocketed. <laughs> oh, it just took so long, and then and then your hair was over. I was like, right, this is as good as it's going. That's it. I'm done. That's it. Done. Finished. But I think it's one of the better ones that I made of all of them. Um, so it's amazing. Like any time that you you were tagging me and saying that you were on Twitch playing playing with my character, I was like, I am giving that a plug, I'm giving that a retweet, I know how much effort this takes to make the character, I will plug this for you. I, I will never, anyone, anyone listening, anyone watching that wants Emily on their show, regardless of what it's about, she is going to plug it everywhere. So it is yes. brilliant. And the amount of times where I put up a tweet going, oh, uh, still time to get questions. And then I'll get a notification on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Instagram again, because you use my personal account as well as my actual uh, SWN account. And it was just like, right, okay, all bases covered. I haven't done anything. It's great. Um, we, we've got a guest. A guest has arrived for those watching the video feed. Uh, if you want to introduce. Uh, one of your crack lawyers, if I remember rightly. He's one of my top lawyers. Um, he's, he's taking a break right now. Uh, he loves the camera. He's done this a few times whenever I've, I've had a, a camera on. Like, see, even when I'm, I would like film promos, or like, see, even when I was filming Ask Advice speech and that, he would just so happen to pop into the camera and then he would do it again. 
I think he loves the attention. He's my he's my social cat out of the two of them. Uh, so yeah. Okay, you saying hello? No. <laughs> so well, my dog has probably went out. It's went off and a half. It's probably sleeping on our bed just now. Uh, our sorry, my bed with my wife. Uh, <laughs> our bed. Uh, she's she's probably huffing in there because yeah, she likes the attention, but. I think she finds it weird when she comes into this room and I'm speaking to myself. And she's like, that's a bit weird. Maybe want any part of that and just leaves, leaves the room. Um, she's a bit of an odd duck. Uh, right, so video games. We could do uh, Twitch. Where, where, when did you first fall in love with video games? What was your first console? My first console? Wow. Um... I'm either it was either the Super Nintendo or the the NES. I'd remember it being a Nintendo console anyway. Um and I remember like so many hours being put into like Diddy Cotton Country <laughs> and that. But um the one that I have the most memories on, uh in particular is the PlayStation One. because uh, that was when I really got into gaming because you know what it's like when you're a kid before it'd be like uh, you put on like Mortal Kombat or something so you bash the buttons you wouldn't really know what you're doing so you bash the buttons that was me <laughs> and then um, and then it was my brother that, that really got me into gaming so he and I would sit and play Super Mario World Diddy uh, Kong Country Mario Kart uh the really old legend of zelda games so a link to the past uh we also played obviously ocarina of time on the n64 mario 64 uh this is just going to be like a whole bit of me talking about like all the consoles all because i still own the consoles from when i was a kid like i literally have my pikachu nintendo 64 over there looking at me and um <laughs> but yeah distinctly it was the the playstation one i always remember playing and um what are you doing? He's being a weirdo. He's like trying to attack the wire. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so PlayStation 1, I always remember playing with my, my brother. So like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro the Dragon, uh, and then Final Fantasy 7 is one of my all-time favourite games, so I always remember playing that with him. Are you intrigued by this? No? No, he's not interested. Uh, so yeah. Uh, first ever console it is between the NES and the Super Nintendo. Uh, I think mine was the Sega. Uh, really? Mega Drive. Mega Drive. Yeah. Oh, we but have one of those as well. My, my dad used to work at the, the hospital here in Elgin and of course stuff would get donated and mm -hmm. if it was getting chucked he was like, no, I'll be taking that <laughs> home. So I think we had an Atari at one point, um, mm -hmm. an Atari, we had the Genesis, we had a Mega Drive. Nez, mm. Snez, uh, but yeah, PS One is my, my I, I would consider my first proper console. Yeah, yeah I'm the exact same. Like, like I said, uh, that's where I really got into my gaming. Like, uh, that's when I became like a big Final Fantasy fan uh, from playing Final Fantasy Seven, and my love kind of I just carried on from there. Um, I was well. Oh, I I think my brain tells me it was Crash Bandicoot was what I, I loved, but it's Spyro because I played Crash when the remaster came out and I yeah. could not do anything in it. I was awful, but give me Spyro when that came out, I was all over it back yeah, in the remaster. 100%. Like I got the, the Spyro Reignited trilogy and um, I completed the first one as, so, as soon as I got the, the game. I think I got that like two years ago. 
Uh, and then a year ago, I completed Spiral 2 in the Reignited Trilogy. And then literally like about a month ago or so, I completed uh, Spiral 3 on the Reignited Trilogy. And that one reminded me how much I loved the original Spiral 3. You know how when you would save the dragon eggs? Mm. I thought that game was amazing. Especially because you would do like the, you know how the skateboarding mini game? I loved that. I thought that was awesome. Um, I think I've won one uh, trophy away from completing the second one. It's a double dragon thing that just, I got oh. so frustrated that I just gave up and went, I, 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 obviously the one rule is I don't swear on this podcast, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of words that I cannot use on this podcast during it after a about an hour of doing it. Hated it. <laughs> um, but no, I, despite it, it was one of the first games I, I got when I got my PS3. I downloaded the, the PS1 versions and, and all that. That and Toy Story 2. Um, I love that. Highly underrated game. Is it so is? Which I think if I played it now, I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm getting older, but I'm just so bad at games that I was so good at when I was younger, and vice versa. I was awful at Streets of Rage, and then I got it on the PS3 and completed it within half an hour. And I was like, "How? How did this take so long in the Sega?" Rage is so good. Like I literally have the soundtrack to it on my my iPhone and and my iTunes. Like Streets of Rage. <laughs> oh, I love those games. That the the uh, Sega Mega Drive collection on the PS3 that got a lot of play uh, in, in my house mm-hmm. when I had it. I keep looking to get it on the PS4, but it's like ah, should I? Eventually, I will. I will eventually. But I, yeah. I'm all I'm all in on Lego games. Because it's something my wife will play, and therefore I can play at the same time. And it just, <laughs> it's a nice bonding experience because our, our gaming prowess was Tetris before. <laughs> and uh, the, the game I got her for Christmas, because it was nostalgic for her, was uh, the Westlife trivia game for Fanorama. Oh, wow. That's what it was called. Um, wow. it's, it's the only game she could play beforehand, before meeting me. And now she's completed like. I don't know five or six Lego games, so so that that's her, that's that's her gaming journey. But yeah, Westlife Fanorama. didn't know it'd be made. <laughs> there's, a, there's a friend's one apparently as well. I keep seeing it for the PS2 and looking at it going. Oh, right. uh, go on eBay, friends, PS2, and you'll find it. All right. I after this interview, I'm so doing that. Like I am, I'm in. <laughs> Little peek into the, the household, the hidden household. Uh, I'm in Hearty Bros Bad Books right now because. Uh, I've practically got everything to do with friends, so I've got my the infamous uh, my name is Regina Falange coffee mug. I got that from a friend for Christmas. I also got a big Central Perk mug, uh, like the big ridiculous size mugs. Uh, and he got me for my Christmas a friend's house coat, and uh, he also got me for my birthday friend's pajamas. But I kept saying to him, oh, and he also got me a friend's phone cover. <laughs> and, um, but I kept saying to him, can we please get the duvet set? Can we please get the duvet set? And then when we were up in Asda the other day, I seen they've actually got a friend's dinner set, like uh, plates and stuff. And he was like, we are not getting that. Uh, and then he, he was like, we are not getting a friend's duvet set. And then his mum actually got me for Christmas the friend's duvet set. So... <laughs> <laughs> she says like oh make, make sure he sees that uh, and I was like ah oh, well so I was like look what your mum got me look what's going on in the bed tonight <laughs> and he was raging he says it's comfy but I hate it 
So see, I'm I'm the complete opposite. I'm super encourageable with that kind of stuff because my wife loves. Uh, well, I call her Kelly because I keep saying my wife. I'm going to end up doing a Borat impression, and nobody wants that. But um, her her big thing is Nightmare Before Christmas and Harry Potter, two favorite things. So my my tradition somehow has become. If she gets a new job or she has a good news that particular day, I buy her a new Harry Potter book. Will you back? So <laughs> she cur- she currently has five different kinds of copies of the Philosopher's Stone. So different covers: uh, the Gryffindor edition, Hufflepuff, the Scottish one, hardback, all that kind of stuff. And um, I was so, so happy the day. I don't know if you've ever seen the set, but the box has Hogwarts on the back of it. It's like purple, oh, it's got Hogwarts. Yeah. Found it on a buy swap on Facebook, 15 quid. And I was like, someone's wow. selling that super cheap. I'm going to totally rip them mm. off and go get it. So, yeah, it's, I'm super encourageable. She's went, oh, I quite. The first thing I ever bought her, like collection wise, is when I noticed she had like a couple Westlife DVDs missing. Mm-hmm. So I spent weeks on eBay just going, oh, I found this. It was £2. Here you go. And I was just, Aww. yeah. I'm 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 quite a hoarder for that kind of stuff. I like to see a collection complete. Mm. So Oh uh, I'm exact same. I, I share those sentiments, but can I just say that is like the sweetest thing I've ever heard. You're such a good husband. I'm 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 all right. <laughs> but no, I, I, yeah, if she's got a collection of like uh makeup, I'm very scared about buying makeup. But I saw at <laughs> Revolution we're doing Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Yes. I was like, right. I had to look at her makeup kit for ages, looking at the, the, the screen on my phone going, that looks about the right colour. I'll go for that. So, <laughs> yeah, for, for as much as I, I annoy her with other things, I, I'm alright at the gift-giving, but I'll, I'll buy her happiness if I have to. That's pretty much the beyond-end of that story. Um, I love I love the fact you went the extra mile though and you actually looked through her makeup and going like, oh, that, that woman, she would actually wear, that's nice. I love that. That's going the extra mile. You get bonus points for that, I'm sure. Well, there was ones that I liked to look at. She likes Oogie Boogie and that, I thought that's a really nice one. And I looked at the colour and went, no, nah, she wouldn't wear it. She wouldn't wear <laughs> it at all. And yeah, it was, yeah, I'm not bad. Anyway, right. Okay. So uh, video games, I think we've crossed that off. We'll go back to wrestling in a second because that can be towards the end. Um, where else have I got on this list here? What's your favourite dinosaur? Oh, that's easy. Triceratops. It's a popular one. It's a popular one. Uh, I can't it's because of Power Rangers. I love Billy and Power Rangers. Yes, this blue Power Ranger. Awesome. He he was he wasn't my favourite, but he was one of the coolest ones because of course. He's called Billy, so became the coolest one. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, are you just Mighty Morphin, or did you move any further past Mighty Thanks Morphin? to my brother, because again, it was my brother that got me into Power Rangers, so I watched a lot of Power Rangers. Did you watch a lot of Power Rangers too? Is this why you're coming in the shot? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I watched all the way up to Overdrive, I believe it was. He's going to try and crawl my lap, I'm sorry. Uh, sure. <laughs> Um, I so I watched all the way up to Overdrive, I believe it's called. Uh, no, wait, I tell a lie, Mystic Force. I wasn't a big fan of Mystic Force, and I kind of I stopped watching since. I'll kind of I watch like see, you know how they do like like crossovers or, or like uh, specials. I watched those, so like I watched like the Forever Red one. I watched that, and it was all the Red Rangers. That was awesome. Um, I've kind of a 
went the opposite now where I watch a load I was going to say I was going to say a naughty word there I'm sorry uh I watch a load of uh Super Sentai like the oh yeah so I watch a lot of Super Sentai thanks to my brother and I'm right into Kamen Rider just now I think Kamen Rider's amazing yes it got a it got a, a US remake Master Rider yeah Master see anytime I bring up Master Rider no one knows what I'm talking about I thought about. it was a Mandela effect thing like did it actually happen because I remember yeah. it. <laughs> so it was like, around about that time, it was like Mighty Morphin, Mass Rider, VR and Beetleborgs. And it's like, anytime I bring up like any of those names, I'll, I'll get like Mass Rider people will be like, what? Or like uh, Beetleborgs, uh, a couple of people will be like, yeah, but most of them will be like, what? <laughs> Finally. I'm like, how do you not know who Mass Rider is? I'm so glad there's someone who knows Mass Rider is. But yeah, I used to have, I used to have the- <laughs> I used to have the, the original figure of the actual Master Rider, green and black oh, and all that. And uh, he was my Rey Mysterio figure for a very long time uh, when I had wrestling figures as well. And I had the, the blue one with his motorbike, the talking motorbike. I love that. So, so yeah, Master Rider. I'm so, I'm so happy someone else has, has heard of it. I feel like I've been making so it up happy. for years. Because you Google it and it just comes up with Kamen Rider and it says it was made in japan or whatever i'm like yeah. oh there was definitely a, a u.s remake <laughs> so it was on fox kids i distinctly remember this that was how i seen it it was fox kids and then um i was talking to i was talking to hearty bro about that and i was like did you ever watch mash rider i was like what's that and i was affronted billy like <laughs> I, I was like how has no one heard the mash rider <laughs> oh it's the, the best day ever right okay let's 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 patch the rest <laughs> of the interview and then go watch yeah. mash rider <laughs> Um, right, I don't know where to go with that because that's made me so happy. Speaking of happy, I've got a note here. <laughs> I've got a note saying ADM's best pal. Um, oh, last thing on the, the Power Ranger stuff, uh, you will want to watch the video with Alistair Adams because he has two replica Red Ranger helmets. No way! And he showed me them on the Zoom call and they look amazing. It's a, one's a Wild Force one, I think. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, Alistair Adams, if you're looking for a new pal, there's, there's, there's the way to go. Look at my face, like, as soon as you said replica, I'm like, I was like, I know. Oh. I, I was so, I was like, amazed and annoyed at the same time, because I thought the coolest thing in the video was going to be the hammer behind me. But no, <laughs> then he showed me those, and I was like, ah, oh, that could go in the bin now. This looks just rubbish in comparison. <laughs> oh, it was just amazing. Um, yeah, so I'm just totally off off my start now that someone else knows Master Raider. Right, so in our interview with, with Alexander Darwin McCallum, which has been released as yet, um, I, I got the gist from his words about you is he, he finds you to be the happiest person in the world, which annoys him greatly. So, that, so it's a compliment. <laughs> anyway. It, it we balance each other out. He he is the yin to my yang, and as much as he says he is not my best friend, deep down he knows he's my best friend, and and we are the the Clyde River beaches. So don't let him kid you. He says it annoys him, but he means it with love. That's his so, way of saying it. So uh, his 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 pretty much his words were yeah he he found you annoyingly happy. Uh, so what what was it like being ADM for the first time? Do you have any memories of that that uh, wonderful day? Oh, let me just show you a minute. 
um the first time i ever met Eddie, um i believe it was uh when they were doing uh when uh solar was doing the best kept secret shows and it was uh that was that was kind of a, a way to show because it was it was like kind of a closed doors uh so it would be promoters and other wrestlers and, and trainers could watch and see how you were as a, a wrestler and that was how I, I actually met ADM because he he was on that show I didn't really speak to him at first uh to be honest with you I thought he was very intimidating so I didn't know what to say but now I know that he just he, he, he does that so that he, uh so that he keeps his guard up but when you get that guard down he's a teddy bear like I I, I love him to bits um he tries. He tries to hit me with sarcasm and and, and be and be cheeky and whenever he sees me. But I know it's because he loves me and he misses me and he he want he wants to see me do well just like I want to see him do well. And we will be a tag team someday on a show. You can you, you can bank on that. I promise us. I, I will. I will hold you to it. Then, therefore, I can go into our fan questions now. So, uh, Alan, uh, who of course is, uh, I think he is one of your uh, lieutenants of Emily's army. Uh, yeah. He asked uh, two questions, uh, which you kind of answered the first one. But he said, "Why does ADM love you so much?" Yep, he he lo he loves me so much because I'm so happy and I balance him out. <laughs> I might just clip that and just just put it out now, just to get the the ball rolling for the for the uh, for the episode coming out next month. And, uh, now, and now that you've started <laughs> snapping limbs off uh, beaches, who would you want in an Iron Man match, Iron Woman match? Oh, that's a good question. Mm, uh, I'm like that's like hmm. uh, <laughs> so. There are two names that spring to mind. Uh, in fact, three, sorry. One is my little wrestle daughter, Chantal Jordan. I would love to do an Ironman match with her. Uh, she is so talented. Like, see, for someone so young, like, it scares me to think how talented she's going to be when she's my age. I'm an old lady, so. <laughs> but, so Chantal Jordan, Giselle Shaw, because she is just a top-notch performer and of course, I'm going to say Kaylee Ray. That would be amazing. Um, just, just to go off your comment about Chantel being your wrestle daughter, does that mean Jayla is her wrestle grandma? Yeah, but we try not to use the word grandma around Jayla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's absolutely fair. Uh, so that, that, that is how you get battered off of Jayla, and I don't, I, I don't want to go through that street fight again. You know. <laughs> I'm feeling safe making that comment because I'm up in the sticks here in the northeast, so I'm, I'm I feel safe. Uh, but <laughs> if if suddenly her internet dies, but watching this episode and it comes back on at this point, I will not be uh, disappointed. Uh, so Big Benny, he asked, which is better, gunship or Big Benny's driving skills? <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to have to go with Benny's driving skills. No. <laughs> I've already told the story about his driving skills. You all know where I stand for that. As much as I thought it was hilarious, he thought it was terrifying. But 
the, the whole gunship thing comes about because that was one of the first things me and Benny bonded over, uh, the band Gunship. And all me and him ever doing we're in the, the car together, you know, before we die. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, we, we always listen to a lot of Gunship. So they're one of my, my top bands. Okay, uh, Kurt, pretty, you've pretty much answered these questions as well, so you don't have to go into detail, but he's put, uh, why, Kurt Johansson's put, why am I uh, her bestie? Because we have amazing chemistry and he is uh, one of the best people I know. And this other one is, uh, let's talk about the two pr projects coming up, which we've pretty much covered, Dean Dub and, and WrestlePals. So we'll move on yep. to Ella J, a uh, friend of the show, a uh, friend of yours as well. Hi. Of course, of a Wrestling Gal podcast, a fantastic podcast that everyone should be checking out. Uh, she's asked, what's the most fun to play? Wrestle Beach, Advice Beach, Tweet Beach or Podcast Beach? See, that's tricky. Like, I can't narrow it down because they're all fun in so many different ways. Like, Wrestle Beach, it's it, it's like what you touched on before. It's like I, I get to put on, like, this bad beach persona uh, and I'm, I'm snapping limbs and, and whatnot, as uh, my lieutenant put it. Uh, so it's fun that way because I'm getting to show people the new side to my, my wrestling ability. Uh, Twitch Beach is fun, obviously, because I love video games and I get to showcase what games I like. And what one of my my favourite moments, in fact, playing uh, on online was a lot of a lot of Emily's army hadn't heard of Clock Tower Three, which is one of my all time favourite games. And the fact that I got to play it and show them it uh, and showcase this, in my opinion, one of the most underrated games ever. That that was awesome. Uh, Advice Beach was was all sorts of hilarity and podcast speech. I'm, I'm starting to find my my footing with it. Uh, I've still got a lot of learning and growing to do in that aspect, but I'm enjoying it so far because if you couldn't guess, uh, I like to talk with all my other personas, you know, so why not podcast speech? So that's a hard decision. So they're all fun in different ways. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. Well, I think, again, I've said it before in podcasts, I'm a very shy person in real life. So if you see me at a show, I look like the most miserable person on the planet. It's just my face. <laughs> uh, but doing this, it means I get to interact with people. I get this. This, this is actually being my saving grace through this whole lockdown thing. I didn't think I'd miss social interaction because I'm quite a home person. But this is like my my, my two hours a week, to, to, depending on how many interviews I have um, of, of actual human contact without having to be like, physically yeah. with people it's, it's great but yeah podcasting um i have said that any idiot can make a podcast but uh it's it's a lot of fun so i'm, I'm hoping yeah. i'm glad you're enjoying the journey so far and i'm looking forward to i'm definitely going to be listening to wrestle pals because i'll be uh, listening to that marvel episode going speak about this speak about that because <laughs> I, I, I love it uh right and she's also asked because i asked what's your favorite dinosaur what's your favorite mammal water Oh, nice choice. I just remember yeah. a, a videotape, uh, Tarka, Tarka the Otter. Oh. Uh, it's, it was, yeah, it was really, it was just an, an otter going through his day. It was like a, an Attenborough thing, but not Attenborough. It was just an otter. It's lovely. I love otters so much. It's, um, uh, they're one of my, they're actually my, my favourite animal in general. And, uh, because I think the sweetest thing ever, uh, the like facts that I've learned about them are they hold hands like this, like when the 
they're swimming uh, when they sleep so they don't float away from each other and their babies they wrap in seaweed on, on their stomachs as well uh, to keep them floating which I think is adorable and I remember I went to the Edinburgh Zoo a couple of years ago and they had like the little otter habitat and my heart melted when I, I saw this little otter having the time of his life with a pebble and he's sitting like playing with it with us <laughs> like chucking it in there and catching it and that it, it was adorable I love otters honestly I could do a podcast about them <laughs> I don't know once, once you start WrestlePals and D&Dub will be uh, the, the Ottercast will be next yeah, Ottercast there we go but no I Things like that, when you're speaking about that, that's why I love, but my, my dog is the most, you may have seen pictures of her, because if anyone asks for a picture of a pet to cheer them up, there's a good chance I'm going to send them a picture of my dog, because she's the most cutest thing in the world, and I'm just saying that because it's my yes, dog. Adorable. Uh, but yeah, she'll spend an evening just lying on her back, pawing at something, no idea what she's pawing at, nothing, <laughs> just air, and it's like, if she's been an absolute, how to say it without swearing tool the whole day and uh she just sits through that and goes ah you're all right you you're, you're not bad you can stay in the house joy. especially during lockdown I, f- I feel like uh the cats have provided me with so much entertainment uh so i really want a dog but hearty bro won't let me get one right now <laughs> like you said because we stay in a flat he said when we, we get a place that's got like a front door and a back door we can get a dog over and i was like that's fair yeah, but until absolutely. then I, I hold on hope that i will get a dog <laughs> Oh, they're, they're just, yeah, they're the best, even if they are waking up at three o'clock in the morning to conveniently jump <laughs> under the bed. Uh, right, so I've got Lauren, because I have to do by searching. I went to Instagram, you shared it on Instagram. Lauren's asked, uh, how long were you doing your training before you got in the ring? How long did I do training before I got in the ring? Wow. Uh, if we're talking in terms of before I debuted, I trained for two years before I debuted. That is longer than... The average person that's graduated from a school, it's like uh, the very least year of them, six months uh, to a year. But for me, it was two years, and that comes because of my shyness and and my anxiety. I was always like so anxious to to go to Barhead and, and show what I could do, and that really it was my anxiety it was the only thing that held me back. So yeah, it took me two years of training before I eventually got in the ring. Don't let your anxiety control you that much, folks, honestly, because uh, getting in the ring was the best thing I ever did. And she also asked, uh, do you have to be a certain age to start training? Depending on the school that you, you go to, because uh, some schools will, will take like ages 12 and up, some uh, some schools will take 16 and over. Uh, so the best advice that I can give rather than, than age-wise is uh, just do your research and find not not necessarily the school that's closest to you just find the best school uh if you want it badly enough like you'll you'll travel uh to that that school that that was always what i was told uh and yeah um so age i wouldn't really say is a factor uh because i mean i i started when i was 17 going on 18 and uh yeah age is not a factor do your research on the school and make sure it is a, a high standard school, I would say. Just not not just in terms of making sure you get the best training, but for your safety as well. Okay, uh, Shannon has asked just quite bluntly: biscuit or cake? <laughs> See, I'm torn between that. 
because because mm, I'm like I love cookies so I'm like biscuit but then I'm like you've seen like all the mad cakes and stuff that I put online that I made like I literally made the other day a cheesecake for me and Hearty Bro for Valentine's oh, Day and uh, I'll put a photo of that up later in fact so you can see but uh, yeah so oh this, this is like Sophie's choice <laughs> you could cause even more mass hysteria by just going Jaffa cake it's both ah <laughs> I love Jaffa cakes as well uh, can, can, can I narrow it down I like cookies and, and I love chocolate cake and cheesecake <laughs> oh uh, I was going to say any particular favourite of either but you, you pretty much answered that as well um, uh, I, I don't know what it's but chocolate cake I'm really hit or miss for cheesecake I love give me a cheesecake oh. I'm all over it uh, but my, my dad, uh, he's, he started making, he says he started making chocolate cake, but the mm. texture and the consistency is what he's made is a humongous brownie. <laughs> Which I, love I loved even more because I, as I say, I'm very hit Mr. Chocolate Cake, love brownies. And he's like, well, I've made chocolate cake. I'm like, you haven't. You've made a brownie <laughs> and I like it. So just, I, I don't want to tell him that he's not making cake because then he'll stop making it. And I don't want that to happen either. But yeah, he's just making giant brownies and they're just incredible. Um, Stone Malone is asked, as we're on food, Stone Malone's asked, favorite McFlurry? He knows the answer to this, which is a dairy milk McFlurry. And a side note with a little story to that, uh, me and Stone Malone, we thought it was a rib when uh, it get put online that they were doing away with the Dairy Milk McFlurries. We're like, there is no chance. And then when we actually found out that that was real for McDonald's, we were heartbroken. We're like, how are we supposed to replace a Dairy Milk McFlurry? I'm looking at like the Smarties one and I'm like, this isn't the same. <laughs> so it's Dairy Milk McFlurry. So Smarties my pick. <laughs> I, like, I like the Smarty one, but for me it's because like I was just bitter about them getting rid of the Dairy Milk one. So I was just like, you're not the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Jason Hyde uh, who you might know I don't, I'm not sure though he's put ask her to be on my podcast or I'm sending the pigeon who? I don't know I think I think I, I did his podcast maybe I'm not sure mm. Mm. that anyway. sounds like some sort of a randomer uh, we'll, just, we'll just ignore it and uh, last question a bit more of a I don't know, could be a serious one I don't know uh, Caledonian Wrestling Federation asked uh, how would you feel about a wrestling company that didn't or wouldn't book female talents so we've ground to halt the fun with that uh, question <laughs> so about so how would I feel about a wrestling company that doesn't book females I think so or maybe just refuses to book females or refuses at well honestly I feel Obviously, I'm not happy about it as a as a female, uh, <laughs> but um, personally, I think uh, as you've seen, wrestling evolves. Wrestling evolves. Look, we went from the golden era to the attitude era, and then look how it's elevated now. And with that, women's wrestling has also elevated, like to the point where I wouldn't even say women's wrestling anymore. I would just say wrestling because uh, the names that I can fling out right now, uh, Kaylee. Uh, Casey, Viper, um, Tony Storm, etc. Uh, these are all names that are on par with the men. Like they are just as good as the men. Of course, like Sasha Banks, Bailey, the first horsewomen, you know, like Charlotte's one of the best athletes in Marys. And um, yeah, for a company not to book women, 
Um, I, I, I feel like they're not moving with the times because wrestling's evolving and women, women's wrestling is a big freaking deal right now. I tried so hard not to... to I, I respect that, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, but it is, it's a big deal. Like, look at all the, the amazing stuff that they're, they're doing now. And, um, yeah, uh, in particular, like, Becky Lynch has really broken a lot of glass ceilings. Uh, lately, it was with the whole uh, being at the top of the game and leaving to have a baby. Um, which I think is amazing because it, it showed that you can have a career and be a mum at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like if you do not have women on your shows, if you are not booking uh, women wrestlers, I hate using that term, but it's the only way I can describe it right now, um, then you're not moving with the times and you're not evolving. And a lot of people, they don't want to just see women just because women they actually want to see what we can do now because the, the, it's elevated so much so it's yeah. bad <laughs> I mean, my, my thought of it is you can have a show without any women on it you can have a show without any men on it fine yeah. but if you're going out your way to go I'm not booking them because of them being mm-hmm. female that's a different matter because I know there, there's there's some places that it's just not they use their core group and they don't have any women in that group so why, why would they ex- pay that expense to get people down the road to come up or do- up yeah. the road to come down if they've got a, a team already? But yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, yeah, of the opinion, if you're going out your way to not book someone because they're female, then that's stupid. Oh no, that that is a no-no. Like, I, I don't mind the fact that there's still some companies that, that are just like all men companies or like you say, all women's companies. That's fine. Uh, teach their own and whatnot but uh, like you say if you're just going out your way to be like women's wrestling is still at this level when it's actually up at this level now you know um and you're just being to put it bluntly you're being sexist then yeah i don't agree with that excellent right let's let's uh kick up the fun again uh so we got places you've been i've got noted uh outside of not in England, of course, we had Full Tilt, uh, UCW. We've also had Reckless, uh, mm-hmm. Fair City, uh, Keith Ness, which must have yep. been a journey and a half, oh, where you're from. Uh, Respect, of course, which yep. would you say that would probably one of your one of your home companies now? Yeah, I would say that that is uh, one of my home companies now because uh, I'm I'm there all. all I say I'm there all the time, but obviously lockdowns like put a, a dampener on that. But when I could, I would be there and uh, I would be harassing Bobby. <laughs> uh, along with that, Discovery Wrestling, you, you made a couple of appearances at. Um, but the new company on in town, we'll be speaking to, hopefully speaking to Logan Storm in the next couple of weeks, is uh, Pro 2. Yeah. So... Um, what were your thoughts on Pro 2 or what thoughts of the companies you've worked with so far? Any any highlights or anything that you want to uh, accomplish in, in any particular companies in Scotland? Well, um, with, with Pro 2, I think it's really awesome the, the amount of talent that they're getting in and they're distinctly making it a point to to have a women's division. Uh, from the Logan was showing me, like uh, he's put it up on the Pro2 uh, Facebook page as well. It was showing me photos of the, the women's title belt, which looks beautiful. And um, yeah, I'm really happy to see that he's, he, like, he really wants 
a women's division. Like um, he's he's really going out his way to have one, and he he signed like so many amazing different talents. He signed Angel Hayes, Rosie Knight, myself, uh, up and comers like uh, Ruby Roberts, uh, and obviously I can't forget Ashley Vega as well, like another top talent. Um, so yeah, a lot of great names are coming out of this, but uh, I could rattle on and on about the women's division. Uh, but he, he's got like he's got a lot of really good ideas in the in the works, and so I'm very excited to get in about that. And um, in terms of highlights for other companies, um, I would probably say, of course, because uh, Respect's one of my my home companies, it's got a, a soft spot in my heart. Like uh, that's where I learned to. In recent times, that's where I was going and practicing my new moveset and whatnot under the, the watchful eye of Bobby Roberts and DCT. And um, thanks to them, I, like, I've been able to showcase on the WWE Network my new wrestling style, which I'm so happy that, that people seem to be enjoying. Like, I've been getting a lot of praise about that recently. So respect is a highlight for me in, in terms of helping me grow as a wrestler. And of course, uh, shout out to, to W3L and UCW because uh, they've decided to to make me him with two belts, and uh, <laughs> um, I'm always grateful for that. In terms of any aspirations that I've got with any other companies, I guess for uh, Pro Two. I would love to be able to say that I'm Emily Three Belts. That'd be awesome. So that's a goal of mine to really cement myself in their women's division and hopefully be an Emily Three Belts, maybe an Emily Four Belts at some point down the line. And how can I not mention fierce females? Like an aspiration for mine is like to not be fired and actually get to compete, you know? Like who knows? Maybe what I mean that could be Emily five belts by that point if you get that that title as well. But no, the the Pro Two Championship I love their championships tonight designs. I I, I was on the fence about them announcing talent because I'm like, but there's no shows. How can you announce yeah. their own? But the more I've thought about it, it's like it's like giving you a preview. This is who we've agreed to have. So yeah. I, I got it. But initially I was just like, why announces so many people? Nobody. There's no shows. Anyway, uh, but I, I got there eventually. I was speaking to Logan about it, I'm sure, and uh, he'll he'll uh, very much fill me in and uh, and uh, what he's got planned. But I love the belt because it looks. I love any belts that's got a different coloured strap other than black. Yeah. For one, um, the the Fair City belts are all different coloured and they're just. Yeah. I love them like that. Um, but it's also got the the oval design, that. so yeah. it's very. Uh, Reminiscent of the WWF women's title yeah, as well. That's why I love that. Like um just see when you're talking about like different straps, like that's why I loved the Intercontinental Championship for so long because it was the white strap. I thought that was amazing because it, it looked like such a different title from the rest because of it. So yeah, when Logan showed me that it had the red strap and that I was like, This is awesome. Oh my god, like uh like you say, it's not a black strap. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, black strap's great. I mean, my favourite belt is, is the one I've got behind me, which is the European, which you can't see, which is the European belt title, and it's got the black <laughs> strap. But it's got green behind it, which is specifically why I like it even more. Um, but yeah, belts sometimes it could be a bit weird. It's like WWE, WWE ones right now are a bit like a bit on the nose. If it's SmackDown, it's blue. If it's Raw, it's red. I'm like oh, okay, cool. But yeah, belts with with uh, not black straps. That's that's the way to go in the future. Um, yes, yeah, so you mentioned that you're. 
on the WWE Network, which follows on perfectly, because I think this is one of my last notes that I have written down. Uh, what's, what does your dad think when he started, he, he made you, but he introduced you to WWF and WWE, and now you're on their network. How <clears throat> mental is that? Mental, very mental. It is surreal. Um, so I'll actually tell you a story. So obviously I told my my dad and my family and um, that I was going to be on the WWE network and um, they were excited. So my dad's like, oh, give me your WWE login so I can watch you. I was like, no problem. Uh, so he he watched the match, um, like the, the first match that I'd done, and literally, I think ten minutes after I sent him the, the login details, I got a phone call, and he's on the phone, and the first thing he said was, "Wow," <laughs> that was the first thing he said. He went, "Wow," and he was like, "Um, I am so proud of you." Um, to th- uh, to think when you first started wrestling uh, and I thought that oh, because of how shy you are, like, it wasn't really going to go, go anywhere. <laughs> Look, my dad's brutally honest. Like, mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, I can say it to you right now. Like, you know what? I'll, I'll just tell you how it is. Uh, I'm always overly critical when it comes to your matches. <laughs> he is. He's... Um, He'll just tell me how it is and that. And he was like, but honestly, um, wow, I am so proud of you. And I get to say that my baby daughter has wrestled on the WWE Network. So uh, the two of us were crying on the phone together. <laughs> and, um, and so it, it was um, when, when he said that he was proud, like that, that was amazing. Like it, it really warms my heart. Like thinking about that moment right now. Like I got, I got to share that special moment with him on the on the phone. Uh, the man that got me into wrestling gets to see me on the WWE network. So, um, it's it's. He always says he's a dad. He always says that he's proud of me and that. But that's like one of those moments where you know that he was he was seriously proud. And the fact that I've I've got him that proud of me. It, it mean it means the world. Like, I'm a daddy's girl, so <laughs> it, it means the world to me, and I'll never forget that phone call. So uh, yeah, you've gone from in six years, you've went from wrestling in front of your dad, your friends and family, other people's friends and family, to to wrestling technically in front of nobody, but potentially <laughs> with but over I think it was it one point two million subscribers now of the WWE mm-hmm. Network, something like that. It's about a million anyway. Potentially being seen by over a million people in six years. Wow. So it's, we, we you say it like that, it just, <laughs> wow, like, it really hits you. Like, you know what? I didn't actually register until, I, like, when my dad asked me for the login details. It, it didn't really, like, sink home that I, I was on the WWE Network. That was the moment where I was like, Oh my god, I'm on the WWE network. And when you're putting it like that now, I'm I'm like getting that oh, wow, like that's crazy to think. <laughs> and you forget how how far you actually come. Like when you're taking it day by day, you actually forget how far. That that's a wow, six years wow. 
Oh wow. <laughs> and and just to, to make it even more crazy for you, with the Peacock deal, potentially you'll be on the same network as the office. <gasps> <laughs> So, yeah, done all right in six years. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, <laughs> it'll do. It's a living. Uh, okay, so before we wrap up, because I think we've we've you're now the second guest ever to tip two hours uh, of an wow, interview. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think sorry. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll <laughs> we'll do a uh, one or two more questions. We'll do the, the social medias, and then we can go and have a, a well earned rest. You can finish one division because <laughs> I need you to. Because if you've only seen the first one, oh my god, there is. I'm up to the most recent episode and it is just wild. Um, so yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, the, the only thing I don't like is the, it, it, the extended credit sequence. But other than that, love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Just I need you to go watch it. Uh, so, right, before, when, you, when the show's come back, you said you want to wrestle Chantel again, but is there any, uh, who's your, you mentioned who you want to wrestle an Iron Woman match, but who is your, dream opponent past present whoever who's your dream opponent my dream opponent uh one name sticks in my head right now and that is viper i would love to wrestle viper i think me and her would kill it honestly she's so badass i love her <laughs> i think at this stage she's only regular wrestler in Scotland you haven't wrestled you wrestled yeah. everyone else Sammy and everyone Carmel else even Sarah yeah so Piper she's or, or Piper Niven I suppose we've got to go by the or Piper Niven, yeah. got to go by that <laughs> name now uh, but yeah okay cool and uh, great so what, what's what's the end game then what's the goal is it, is it WWE is it just enjoying yourself what's what's, what's the what's the five year plan for wrestling so I'd be lying if I, if I said, like, oh, I've got no interest in going to WWE. But honestly, um, in the time since I've actually started training, like wrestling has evolved so much. And, and the, the, like, the, the world within wrestling, I didn't realise just how big it was. So, of course, there's WWE. I would love to go to WWE. I would love to do NXT UK. I would love to, to do AEW. I would love to do TNA. Um one of my, my dreams from the get-go has been to follow in the same footsteps as uh, my wrestler, Jayla Dark, uh, Viper, Piper Niven, uh, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, Isla Dawn, etc. And, and go over to Japan and, and wrestle. I would love to do that. That has been a dream of mine for so long. And... Um, I would love to be able to like if we if we did another interview in a couple of years time I I would love to be able to say to you at this point like oh I've I've been uh, and I've got to experience that because uh, from talking to to Jayla and Aisha and the other girls about it it sounds like an amazing experience and I feel like that would help me hone my craft a little bit more as well in in terms of because I want to better myself as a wrestler so. Yeah, my dream is Japan, but the end goal, I would say, quite possibly one of the, the top companies like WWE, AEW, TNA, one of those, uh, and make my dad proud, you know? 
I well, I can honestly say just just from from last year alone, at least you've definitely got the driving passion for it. So there's nothing that's impossible. I don't think if you if you set your mind to it. Um, but yeah, before we go, then how can people find you? I've got we've got our like uh, an hour, hour if you want to go through all your socials because you're everywhere. <laughs> uh, but it's, <laughs> where can people find you? It's so much easier uh, than, than trying to remember all my namesakes. Uh, <laughs> so on Twitter, you can find me at Emily Hayden under slash UK. On Instagram, it's just Emily Hayden. It's easy to find. You'll see my ugly mug pop up. Uh, <laughs> and then on Instagram, it is underscore Emily Hayden underscore. And those are the only three social medias I have. So if you see any phonies out there, that's not me. Uh, or maybe it is and I'm just winding you up. On an eighty. Plug Toasties uh, Twitter as well, so it's at the Toasty, <laughs> I believe it is. I need to check that. In fact, to say <laughs> Toasty, Toasty. I think he's sleeping. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's popped out. Aha! Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, under slash Toasty. So you can follow him on there if you want some amazing banter. <laughs> amazing but yeah thank you so much for I, like i said the, the time has flown by uh like, the only one that's that's beating this now is, is the scotty swift episode which is two and a half and wow. i don't know how because we already spoke for about two hours in the first yeah. it, we've done about five four to five hours of chatting about nothing it seemed um but we've covered so much i'm sure if we started speaking more about the tv shows that we liked we would probably be here for another good while um this is, this is probably a very wrestling heavy episode strangely enough um but i had two broke girls written down but we'll just we'll leave that to yourself in, in part three with ella if you if, if you do a part three with with her um but yeah part two you know so well, we've got plenty of time can i just say as well when you said scotty swift I just want to give him a special shout out. I love him so much because he knows I'm a big fan of Ghostbusters. So he'll, he'll always sit and message me of the, the different uh, collection items and whatnot. And he'll be like, ah, like, I seen this and I thought you would want it too. And it, it is great. Like I'm, I'm getting stocked up in, in lots of Ghostbusters stuff I would have easily missed out on if it wasn't for him. Like we sat and we spoke for a solid half an hour about uh, Ghostbusters one day. And then another day it was like a solid half an hour about Exorcist. So he he's a he's a good man. Shout out Scotty Swift. And if you got the time, go check out the episodes because you can see his collection behind him, and it's like part of it. And uh, he has a unbridled yeah. love for The Exorcist too. Uh, the actual movie. I don't think he likes it. I think he just likes having a T-shirt of it. But yeah, definitely worth checking out. <laughs> but I, since I spoke to him, and every time I see him now, it's Ghostbusters. I went into B and M. And randomly and I saw Peter Venkman pop for a fiver and I was like I don't even like Ghostbusters that much but I'm just getting drawn towards it I must buy it just to impress Scotty <laughs> Swift <laughs> but uh, anyway right we're, we're, we've done the socials that's supposed to be the show ender but <laughs> thank you very much for joining me on the SWM podcast uh, it has been an absolute delight and I can see why ADM calls you one of the nicest people in wrestling uh, I don't know why it annoys him so much, but I can I can see why he says so. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, honestly. <laughs>